so many Millennium Dome gift shop vouchers to organise. I don't know what the best way to do this is. Should I? Let me and... in. Let me in the door. I'm outside. Okay. I need to let me all in right. right okay. Now. Okay. Come in. What? What is it? What are all these vouchers? Well, I'm organising my Millennium Dome gift shop vouchers. I don't care. We've got a big meeting. And it's starting in five minutes. Five minutes? Five minutes from right now. Are, are you, you ready? No. I mean, they're not chronological. They're no, not... I don't care about the vouchers. Look, it's just stupid vouchers. Oh, my vouchers. That's what I think about your vouchers. We've got a big meeting. This is our future, my child's future. And we're doing it in five minutes. Actually, I got the time wrong. We've got 15 minutes. It's still very soon. No Millennium Dome t-shirts for you. Big Meeting by Pete Gamori and Adrian Hyatt. So, what, 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 who, what are we, what's going on? Who are we meeting? What is this? This gentleman's called Paul. He's the festival director of the Edinburgh Short Film Festival. He knows a lot of people. He can get things seen by a lot of people, more importantly. And he is an important person in our career story. So, are you ready? We've got 20 minutes. I need to do a lot of vocal stretches. Okay. I'm ready now. All right, fine. But first, let's let's just chuck around a few of our most recent ideas and see which ones are the most appropriate for someone of Paul's calibre. Alcatraz Narcissist. Oh, Simone, won't you get your head out of the clouds and find a real job? Fine, I'll go and work at Alcatraz if that's what you really want, Mum. But you'll regret it when you don't hear my avant-garde saxophone practice all day in the loft. Starring Anne Hathaway as Simone trying out a radical new Wellington boot and eye patch vibe. One Wellington boot? Yes. And one eye patch? Yep. Just one eye patch? Yep. On opposite sides of the body. Of course. Uh, what's on her other foot? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Is she wearing... foot. It, but she's wearing clothes. Hmm. I can see that that's ambiguous. So she decides to work in Alcatraz now at Alcatraz, like as like a tour guide, or then as a prison warden or... I think now, but not as a tour guide, as a kind of um, hawker. As in someone who trains hawks? Yes, a hawker, <laughs> a, a hawk trainer. So in the old days, they had the problem of people trying to escape Alcatraz. Now they have the problem of people trying to stay in Alcatraz for stupid YouTube videos where they're like, oh, guys, oh, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to like stay in Alcatraz. So Spend the night here, yeah. Yeah. So what they have is trained hawks to attack YouTubers. That's brilliant. How do they? How can they tell their YouTubers? Yeah, haircuts. They train them to target specific haircuts. You can just tell from the haircuts. You really can. Uh, okay, Anne Hathaway. Um, I would consider seeing the film. I still don't really understand what it's about, uh, apart from her arguing with her mother. Is that is that the central thing? Do you even see her mother? It's like an eighties movie where there's quite a lot of setup before the actual changeover happens. There's like quite a lot of stuff happens before like the thing actually happens. Right. So a um, more of a realistic. Uh, film. A film. A film. A film. Oh, so it's will. a film. And so they're having they're having this whole argument, and she's just like at home doodling. And and who plays her mother? Do we have that? Is that decided? Christina Hendricks plays her mother. Plays <laughs> Anne Hathaway's mother. Uh... Christina Hendricks plays Anne Hathaway's mother in this Alcatraz-based family drama. Fine, that's fine. I think that the ages wouldn't quite work. If I'm brutally honest, Wrong. I think they're quite close in age. I would go and see most things with 
Christina Hendricks in them. Well, especially if she was told you have to act as though you're 30 years older than Anne Hathaway. Great. So, so she just comes in going, oh, I'm oh. so old. And Anne Hathaway is playing uh, herself at, at 21, no, perhaps. And also 10 years older. Also 10 years older. So yeah. Anne Hathaway's like mid-40s or something, yeah. or 50, and she is looking for a job as a hawker. No, she doesn't want a job. She wants to play her avant-garde saxophone. And she still lives at home. And she lives at home. Is this a sort of brutal comment on the state of... Uh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Highlight like the problems of... Uh, of YouTubers on yeah. Alcatraz. Is it really... A, a, is it funded by... The studios will go get into this because they're worried about YouTube eating into their profits. They want anything they can do to make YouTube look bad. Powerful anti-YouTube lobby. Yeah. Great. Well, that's where we'll get the money from. Uh, budget? Only cameraman camera person one cameraman yes there's one camera it's a single camera film yeah and a runner so what what's that for for a couple of weeks like twenty thousand pounds thirty thousand pounds for a couple of weeks fifty thousand dollars uh fifty thousand dollars yeah i think most runners require at least that much finished good by the way she's wearing an eye patch next movie pitch me dance 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 Dancing in a specific horizontal style is shown to prevent the degeneration of one's ability to smell, and it becomes mandatory in offices in France. Every day at 11am, staff assemble outside buildings and watch giant view screens on which James McAvoy demonstrates the dancing. But the dancing has unintended consequences, as it also causes minor earthquakes. These earthquakes wake the Spanish grey land crabs, which have been in hibernation for a billion years. Their appearance doesn't cause many problems, but is a diverting sequence. It turns out James McAvoy is a fracking magnate who's engineered the whole thing to confuse the tracking of fracking earthquakes. Dance, 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 dance. Would you say this is mostly a dancing film, like Step Up, or would you say it's mostly a uh, thriller? I don't understand why I need to choose. I really don't understand that. Um, there is a lot of dancing, yep. but the main action sequence is thrilling, and that's the Spanish grey land crabs. Now, when it becomes mandatory, does that mean that there are lots of sequences where... Did you say James McAvoy? James McAvoy demonstrates the dancing on his gi- on giant view screens in the village squares. And who's the pr- protagonist? Who's the protagonist? Well, interestingly, interesting you should ask, because there isn't one. <laughs> So, most, so basically the film is... It, it, just sort of general views of things happening. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because I quite like the idea of people acting out scenes where there's just these guys doing the horizontal dancing just around the place in the background just all the time. And is there a dramatic moment where somebody doesn't smell something? Yes. And what? they and they die. And they die? They die. They can't they, smell the arsenic. They can't smell the arsenic and they can't smell the approaching train and they die. <laughs> if you were facing the wrong way and you had your iPod music on very loudly mm. you would rely on your sense of smell we all do day. more uh, than you might think uh, more than you coming. might think that's good um, any other problems with that or I think the rest of it is reasonably straightforward so is there a bit where the villagers go kind of around the corner from where they're doing their normal stuff and they're like hang on what's going on back fracking he's like no no it's get back to the dancing or here. you're going to lose uh, lose your sense of smell it's kind of like a festival where like just behind the tents there's just yeah. like some other thing happening and yeah like a huge drill yeah. and they're like watching with binoculars like okay now they're going to jump now drill now, now drill and now drill yeah but no one has noticed this huge fracking setup behind so, the village because they're all doing their dancing uh, nice. crabs 
Spanish grey land crabs. Which are, diver- it's a diverting scene, but nothing happens. So what the- they kind of, it's like a sort of a happy feet kind of bit. Sort of. At first, everyone's a bit scared because they're very large. But turns out they're just like us. <clears throat> this one's called Beyond Michigan. Forrest Whitaker gets his leg caught in a supermarket trolley just before the big Christmas and New Year shutdown. Having been a very big carnivore for his entire life, he is forced to change his ways when all he can reach is the artichokes. He must survive only on artichokes for three weeks, and at the end he is a big advocate for vegetarianism and tours the world giving lectures about it. He never removes the trolley from his leg. That's cool. Uh, the uh, the critical scene of him not being able to reach the meat or whatever. Yes. He can see it. That's that's what's yeah. so awful for him. I like this. And I like how uh, Forrest Whiskers could do a lot of kind of muttering. He, that's what he does best. And he would basically be unscrewing, the, trying to sort of like unscrew the and get the artichokes out. Oh, I see. You're thinking of sort of pickled artichokes in a jar. Oh, you're thinking raw artichokes. Raw artichokes. And how does he boil these? He creates, he built a small stove using what he can reach. Hmm. And (laughs) that's it. Maybe there's like a can of hairspray that you can use as a kind of a blowtorch to cook these artichokes. So there's a sequence near the beginning when he he goes, he he speaks out loud about all the things he could do um, because he's starting to, it's it's been a few days, he doesn't like artichokes, he only eats meat. He's like, if if only I had a can of hairspray, I could do this. If I had a small cooking stove, I could do this. He doesn't have any of those things. Mm. In the end, he just eats them raw. Raw, raw artichokes. artichokes. Wow, raw artichokes. Uh, does he do things? I can imagine if he's three weeks. Is he by himself? He's by himself. Of course, he's by himself. No, he's got loads of people around him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I imagine that he starts to create different dishes for himself with this artichoke. <laughs> That's true. Yes. So, for does, example, yeah. he would say, "Oh, today I'm going to have." Uh, what would you like, sir? Well, funny you should ask. Oh, canapes. <laughs> oh, how fancy. And he kind of like, sort of somehow cut, makes a little disc of artichoke and then puts some little shredded bits of it on top to make him Lovely. trick himself into... Yes, of course. And then the next day he makes some soup and the next day he's, you know, classic, artichoke classic today. Just, <laughs> just raw. Sorry, make some soup? Yeah, so you kind okay, of so grunt, mashes, it mashes it up. and then yeah, he's just with like, his hand. Because remember, he doesn't have access to anything apart from artichokes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a kind of soup. <laughs> Just in those days, eyes. I had to make my own kind of soup. <laughs> I'm sure you would think very, very ill of it now. Quite a lot of voiceover, because otherwise he doesn't really talk to himself. And you realise the voiceover is actually him giving a speech years later about how he became a vegetarian. And not just any vegetarian, he actually will only eat artichokes. <laughs> artichokian. When you cut to the audience of his talk and the camera artichokes, pans right. across like this, one by one, they're all like looking very intently and they've all got an artichoke in that app. <laughs> uh, and they all have a little artichoke pendant. And someone comes around with some sort of shots of artichokes. He says, now this is something that I made on the third day. <laughs> Just to help you understand the experience. And they're like, hmm, yeah, hmm. Uh, he also decides that he's a bit bored of his fashions because you can't wear the same clothes for three weeks, even if you're not doing much. Mm-mm. Has to make some clothes out of artichokes. Starts with the shoes, then does pants, then does a hat. Artichoke shoes. And that one's called Beyond Michigan. Should we give that one to Paul? Well, I think we have even better ideas in the locker. Hi. Hi, Paul. 
Hi, Pete. Nice to meet you. Hi. Yeah, hi. How are you? I'm fine, fine. Hi, Paul. Oh, thank, hi, you so, thank you so much for taking time out to, to do this for us. We're basically, we just got a couple of pitches. We're just going to throw them at you. I mean, you know, if we're honest, we, we know they're brilliant, but we just want to get your, uh, your thoughts yeah. on them as well. Sure, yeah, no, fire away. This one is called Beer, Beer and Porridge. The place, Thessaly, ancient Greece. A man known only as the baker finds a special opal on one of his walks in the barley fields when a condor drops it on his head. He accidentally swallows it when surprised by a lightning strike and when he regurgitates it, he finally realises he has moved a thousand years into the future. How will he handle the rigours of hectic medieval life? And will the local wizard know how to reactivate the now dormant magic opal? And also finally, will the baker marry a local washerwoman or will he go another 800 years forward and journey to the new world to found Seattle? Animated short lasting 13 minutes. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, is it going to be in Greek? Wow. Do you know what? I mean, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it could be in Greek with subtitles. Do you think? Idea, you would, would, would that make it more accessible? Do you think? Well, you could sell it in Greece then. You oh, know? there we go. I think that could be a primary market. How about ancient? So, are we talking about ancient Greek here? Well, that's right. It would be ancient Greek. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where does the beer come into this? I mean, how much beer are you talking about here? You know? Well, I, I, I'm thinking that um, beer is kind of a recurring motif. So, um, you know, in um, what's that film with Brad Pitt where he's always eating? Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. You know, in oh, yeah. Ocean's Eleven, how Brad Pitt is always eating something in every scene. So basically, yeah. every character in this is always drinking beer throughout the whole wow. film uh, in different, like it's some, some, sometimes it's in a can, sometimes it's in a mug, sometimes mm. it's in like a stein. Ancient Greece? Cans? Ancient Greece. Okay, maybe not cans. cans. Mm. What do you call Amphora. Amphora, yeah, an amphora. Um, do you, maybe do you, wine, you know? Maybe I mean, wine, wine is better. Maybe, but... Wine. Wine would, would, we would have to rewrite the title. Yeah. And we spent quite wine, a long time on that. Porridge. Well, yeah. we've, we've already actually made a few posters and um, some other publicity materials, so I, yeah. unfortunately I think it's going to still be, have to be beer. We've got the Twitter handle, haven't we? So, we do. Yeah. Website. Do you see a lot of films like this on the, um, on the festival circuit? Mm. To be honest, uh, not not a huge amount, no. So, so what do you what, what do you think then, Paul? Is that is that something which you 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 know you, you're more well, experienced than us? Would you would you advise us to p- press ahead with that that concept, or is that something you think we should we should kind of maybe leave that one by the wayside? Well, it, it kind of falls between two stools, really. I mean, it's a high risk concept, high concept, high risk. Um, so it's one of those that's kind of hard to predict. Really, either it'll be you know really popular with cleaners and boozers. Or else you'll see it. So look out! Look out for that one as an entry. Yeah, I will. Now, Paul, this one is called R is for Crow. I wonder if I picked up that title correctly. Did you say R is for Crow? Yes, I, yes, I did actually. Um, oh right, okay, right. Uh, so, but it should it should become clear, I think. Right. Um, okay. Pirates are found on an isolated island, and they still live in an unchanged pirate community. Captain Crow, played by Russell Crow, thinks he's a crow. He wears a massive crow costume. They are found by an ornithologist, played by Lucy Liu, because of the distinctive but giant crow foot trails left on the beach that are seen from the air. The type of crow that Russell Crow is imitating was considered extinct by scientists, so although the ornithologist doesn't think Russell Crow is an actual crow, she realises that Russell Crowe must have at least observed one of the real and very rare crows within his lifetime. 
Because Russell Crowe will only communicate as a crow with a pirate twang, the ornithologist has to go undercover as his own version of a crow pirate to gain the favour of Russell Crowe and to ask in an offhand way whether Russell has ever seen another of his kind and where they are. He replies quite honestly that he is the only one of his kind and he's never seen another one. The conclusion the ornithologist reaches is the only possible one, that Russell Crowe must in fact be a crow. Mm. <coughs> well, um... R is for crow. R is for crow, yeah. Mm, um, yeah, have you tried running it past Russell Crowe? I've asked him to connect with us on LinkedIn. What do you yeah. think of What do you think of crows in general? I mean, they're big right now, I suppose. Um, uh, crow merchandise, lots of opportunities for crow merchandise here. Yes. Oh, yeah. For example? Yeah. Crow, uh, what, uh, um, temporary tattoos. Temporary crow tattoos. Cereal? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Breakfast cereal? Crow-shaped crow cereal? Crow-shaped uh, cereal, that's a good idea. And it's yeah. kind of, you know how Cocoa Pops make the milk go chocolatey, so the, the, yeah. the crows are sort of black, right? So the kind of ink kind of comes out and spins the milk. That sounds really, yeah. that sounds delicious. You can make them out of Oreos, I guess. Now yes. that's a good idea. Um, Crow-rios. Crow-rios, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Crows need our help, and anything yeah. we can do to highlight the plight of crows, I think is, is worth it. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah. You know, Russell Crowe could not refuse to get involved in a project. I mean, practically his namesake, you know, so... Exactly. I mean, helping crows across the world, you know, I can't see him turning it down, really. He'd have to be... Uh, have a heart of stone to knock that one back. I think we could also do a tie-in with the RSPB on this. Yeah. I think this could be uh, one of those films where halfway through the film, it kind of fades out to black, and then it fades back up, and, and Russell Crowe is sitting there on a director's chair saying... Hello. Yeah. I know we're all enjoying the film, but I'd like to say a little bit about the plight of crows around the world. Mm, and he does yeah. a very serious piece to camera, and then it sort of fades back into the movie. Yeah. Paul, would you like us to demonstrate the pirate crow language that we've we've written? Yeah, um, I would love to hear that. Yeah. Would you like that? that? So yeah. you'll 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 probably have heard that in lots of films they um, they make up a very complex uh, grammatical structure for languages. I think they did that yeah. in Avatar. They did, yeah. And and films like that. So we, and Klingon. we've done the same with crow. Adrian, would you like to demonstrate the the crow language? I I, I would like to demonstrate it, but I'm I um I just need a second. Um, the thing is, this the standard crow noise is somewhere between a squeak and a um, a, uh, a sort of a, a rasp, and so mm -hmm. it's something in the scale of sort of. Um, let me let me just uh, let me just let me just nail this one the first time. Harder, mm. Now that is okay. that is one of the basic grammatical elements that uh, Russell would need to master before he can move on to slightly mm. more advanced phrasing. Uh, which would involve a little bit more squawking and a little bit more sort of a flustered tone, like a. <laughs> That's a slam dunk, that one. So let's. Yeah. yeah. We're here to listen and, and, and to take your advice. So let, let me give you another pitch and, um, okay. mm -hmm. and and let's see where this one goes. Sure. Um, yeah, let's go. Okay. This one is called Quartz Genius, the first ninja droid. Mm, first ninja droid, okay. Rolando Movember is on the verge of being fired from Extratech Corporation because his technical Spectrix license has only two more sublimations left. So he goes all in at the very next board meeting with his special crystal ninja droid, which is an instant hit with the chairman. It is sent out the next night to keep order in the city, but will it try too hard to be human? 
All of the actors are wire flying throughout, except for Ninja Droid One, which is too heavy. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it sounds to me like that could be quite expensive. I mean, listen, mm. you're right. A, a, a film like this relies on um, very advanced props, more so mm -hmm. than good actors, I would say. So if yeah. we, I think we do it the other way around. We actually spend all the money on props and then actually just whoever is nearby while we're filming just kind of rope them into the scene. Fantasy, science fiction, um, neo-noir. Mm. With a twist. With a twist. Kind of Blade Runner with um, Wall-E. Yes. That's it. And, That's exactly the pitch. And crystals. Right. Yeah, and ninjas. Um, mm, and what, ninjas. How, yeah. what, what's, your, what, what's your take on ninjas? Um, yeah, I haven't met many, but um, yeah, I'm sure they're nice. Paul, do you get a lot of ninja or crystal droid film submissions? Not really, no. No. So, um, maybe we should. You know, it would be nice to see a few, actually. Okay, this one is called... It signifies the reign of the Cat Lord. Mm, okay. Emma Watson keeps finding shreds of papyrus at her grandmother's grave. When she sellotapes them together, she discovers a star chart, but the runic inscription is impossible to decipher. Samantha Mumba is the rune expert at Oxbridge University who can help her. But first, Watson must drag her out of her germophobic depression. Then, the Cat Army arrive, and one of the two will be crowned Supreme Geo-Justician. Mm. That's it? That's it. That's it, okay. Mm. okay. It's a bit like um, The Da Vinci Code, is it? Or... It's a lot like The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Very successful film. Mm. I mean, you know, you've got some star names. Yes, well, I mean, we obviously haven't yet secured them, but it will either be them or a lookalike, because when, mm. just, just to clarify, when I say Emma Watson, I don't mean the actor Emma Watson is playing a character who finds shreds of papyrus. Ah, the idea okay. is it's somebody playing actual Emma Watson. Ah, who okay, finds... so it's a bit like being John Malkovich. It's, it's exactly, yes. But, it's, it's you a... know, without... Um with Emma Watson and without somebody going into her brain. Exactly. It's a kind of alternative right. reality uh, kind mm. of film. Mm. And, and as we know, Samantha Mumba is, is still a big, a big, big draw. Again, bums on seats. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it doesn't seem to have a lot of, um, you know, story arc. Uh, really? Is she going to cheer up the, um, you know, the, the expert? Yes. Uh, that, and that's that, going to be a lot of the film, isn't it? That's going to be a lot of the film is basically trying mm. to teach her how to not be germophobic anymore. And that, that's, yeah. that's a, a central part of the film. How, how many minutes would you say that sequence? I'd say that'd be a good hour. Good hour. In one room? I would say in two rooms. Two rooms? Adjoining? No. Not adjoining. Mm. Yeah, I think unless you get something, you know, a bit more, a bit more tension in there. Um, well, there would... the shouting could be through megaphones from short <laughs> distance away. Now, now that I love, yeah. I love yeah. the two of them standing at opposite ends of a cloister, shouting at each other through megaphones. I mean, the issue is yeah. going to be echo. The issue will be echo. I just want to say that now, yeah, so we don't have any surprises on the day. Yeah. Hard to film, but worth it. Um, tension. I'm imagining. I mean, I understand why why you've said that. I'm imagining that the sellotaping scene would be very, very tense. Um, mm -hmm. We'd have it scored in a way where 
it really builds up to kind of fever pitch with with uh, animal with noises, animal noises, and Emma Watson is just kind of howling at the mirror while she uh, while she puts this um, this papyrus back together. So is this is normal sellotape, right? Normal sellotape. It's normal sellotape. It's not like sort of coloured Christmas sellotape or anything. Well, no, because then she couldn't see. I have thought this through. She okay, then wouldn't sorry, be able to I see. I was going to say because if you had said that, it wouldn't have made sense. The runes, unless she stuck it just on the back. Paul, any thoughts? Um, I think, yeah, I think go with the colour Christmas tape. The other thing is, what you could do is you could have the runes so that they look, you know, runic. And then she could, you know, turn it to a mirror and it actually makes, it says, you know, happy birthday or something. <laughs> That's good. Maybe like a yeah. very, very sort of basic message. She assumes it's something very important, but it's actually, yeah, don't or, forget you know, the milk love yeah. or something. So this one's called Zoo Brides. Reno, played by John Hanna, and Tez, played by Bez, scare a ghost set in the lucrative world of zoo weddings yes yes excellent kid yeah. yes do it do that one love it okay I think it's going to be great yeah yeah everybody loves a wedding and everybody loves animals okay tree lives live all wood becomes alive after ancient green lightning hits a wooden desk on a scrap heap in the present day what to do no Sorry. I, you know um, what? I was going to say yeah, that to you. I it, hate that one. It. That's rubbish. <laughs> um, rubbish, yeah. Okay. Um, from where to how? Detective story. Bradley Cooper gets a haircut and pays the price. Um, depends on the haircut. Um, yeah, maybe on that one. You know what haircut I like is the monk haircut. where The, the monk, middle, yeah. The middle, yeah. Is yeah. the middle bit, yeah. That's yeah. quite, yeah. So, so you're saying that you're saying that's a maybe. That's a maybe, I think. Yeah, I think it does depend a lot on the hair content, the hair styling. That's helpful uh, feedback. This one is called Stunted. Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig, Roger Moore, and Timothy Dalton all play stuntmen who fall in love. Refreshing feel-good movie. Th- they all play stuntmen. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, they meet on set, and they all fall in love with each other oh, they, with each other yeah, right. why not okay. it's a polyamorous setup, and they're all very happy together feel good movie uh, mm. I've just remembered that Roger Moore is dead okay okay last one we've saved the best till last untitled girls allowed work on a shopping channel and one of them shoots a coyote yeah I'll say yeah yeah I mean you know I don't want to you don't you shouldn't really shoot a coyote well, I think that's I think that's the problem, and then and then and then that sets up a kind of a um, a, a a kind of a manhunt for girls allowed. Or even if it, you know devours one of them. Devours one of them. Girls one of girl, one of girls allowed gets eaten by a coyote, and the Full others are accuse each other of eating and there that is a, one of them, and there is a shootout. Yeah. Is, is it live on the shopping channel, all this? The, the, this is live on the shopping channel. That's a great idea. What, the coyote? Yes, it is the a good idea. The whole film, the whole yeah. film is basically... That's it, the whole thing. So people are thinking they're tuning in to see somebody selling Diamondique, and then all this happens. Um, you've listened to our pitches. You've been so kind to, mm. to give us advice. Do you have any no kind problem. of general general advice for us as, as aspiring filmmakers? Yeah, where, based... do, where do we start based on these kind of ideas? We have big uh, ideas. Well, how do we get them made this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to give people advice. You're so far uh, trailblazing, so far off the beaten path. You kind of have to find your own way. That's exactly what we think. 
Paul, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been incredibly helpful. We are going to go and we're going to we're going to make it. You're, you're going to you're going to see our name and lights, and we will take you with us when we're there, man. I'm looking forward to it. All the best, guys. Good luck with your plans and everything. Uh, keep me posted. I told you he'd love the crow film. He loved the crow film. He loved the crow film. So let's 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 do some work on the crows. The only thing I can't think of is a is a good word for uh, jelly beans in crow. Otherwise, we've nailed the whole script. All right, let's spitball. That's the one. To the crow shop. Rate, like, and subscribe for more Big Meeting.